This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. To the green bank, green white checker here. All right, stay close up. No more waving leader. 10 from the mark. Five away. Ready. Go, 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 go. Good, bottom pushing hard here. There you go, early are tight front. Door, bumper, clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, a spotter of the six cup car, the eight Xfinity, and it's a lovely show today already. <laughs> Brad Griffin, sleep deprived as f home from Fontana, Viva Las Vegas this week. All I see is Andrew likes trying to find the paper to, crop, to cut that out. Freddie's not here. He's dead. <laughs> he's right, still he's, somewhere on the West Coast. So you if you see him on the road, make sure he's Freddie, uh, yeah. alive. Well, when you throw that Xfinity race behind the cup race, it logistically made it tough for teams to get people home because uh -huh. you can't get your whole cup team home and your whole Xfinity team home back to back when there's only so many airplanes. So planes have to come home and then they have to go back and pick up more people. So had I been Freddie, I would have stayed and went straight to Vegas too versus leaving this morning at 8 o'clock Eastern and flying mm -hmm. all day and landing at 6 at night and then turn around and leaving two days. It's a lot of flying. That I'm is sure a lot of his flying. wife must be thrilled too. She's thrilled every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey guys, Casey Boat here. Um, your marketing professional whatever I am these days and Andrew who finally still has a microphone. I'm glad they didn't take that away from you. What's up, Andrew? Oh, yeah. They still gave me the mic after uh, what? Two weeks. Yeah. So far good. so good. Yeah. I think you gave yourself the mic. Yeah. Why don't bartender, bartender Ben ever get a shout out in the pre-show? Hey yeah, bartender Ben, you're great. He doesn't have a mic though. That's no. the only problem. He he's, says he's still riding Jason's coattails. Ben is. <laughs> and Jason ain't even really here anymore. Jason just sits in a chair and doesn't like he did before and just but he doesn't look up now. Jason's going to uh Vegas this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Second ever trip. Oh, bartender Ben's going too. So they'll both be in our suite. Ben, you ever been to Vegas? Gosh, so many rookies we take. I know. Well, hopefully you uh don't blow a motor. Hopefully you hang out with uh Brett and Freddie. <laughs> Good luck with that. I don't have to work Sunday. You don't want to hang out with me. You ain't ready for that. <laughs> oh, we'll be hanging Saturday night. Don't worry. Okay. All right. All right here there you go. go. All right. Well, you conquered snow. You conquered rain. <sighs> conquered Mexican food. A bar. I'm gonna tell you something. Did you go? It was. It was cold. Yeah, it was cold. Really uh, cold. I mean, like I packed for cloudy and 50 degrees, and I should have packed for snow and a wind chill of zero, because that's what it was on that golf cart that I was tooling around on all weekend. But no, it was, man, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I have seen a lot of snow in my life. I, despite being from South Carolina, I love to snow ski, and those were the biggest flakes <laughs> I have ever seen. In my, they were bigger than 50-cent pieces falling from – they were like debris yeah, falling this, from the, the air. It was, was a weird sight looking out your window and seeing snowflakes fall down. And then like an hour after, they were drying the track. Yeah. So um, – yeah, At I this point, I feel like in NASCAR, you've seen it all. I don't. That's the most snow I've ever seen on the mountains of that place ever. Gorgeous. Like 
Yeah, really cool backdrop there, but I've never seen that much snow on the mountains, like just surrounding. Yeah, like and it was so area. low on a mountain. Yeah, it was you know? way down there. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was gorgeous. It obviously screwed Saturday up. Well, they acted like it wasn't going to screw Saturday up. Yeah, we got out there and do I mean, tell do tell me how the weather was when you left pit road on Saturday for the Xfinity race. Uh. <laughs> cold and wet. <laughs> I mean, so if you were in NASCAR, what would you have done? Would you have called it in the morning and just rolled with it? Uh, look, I'll give I'll give NASCAR a huge props. They, they got it. Agreed. A they, lot. They, they got a lot drier than I thought they they yeah. would. Um, in my and I, I I could have this wrong because this is going off top of mind, but very rarely have they ever canceled on track activity, garage activity before we even get to the racetrack. Yeah. I remember doing it at Richmond because of a hurricane. I remember doing it at Atlanta because of a hurricane. I do not ever remember them canceling the entire day of cup everything before the garage opened. So they did that at 720 Saturday morning. Huge props to that. Obviously, Xfinity, you want to try to get the race in at all costs. You got lights. They knew they had a couple windows. They gave it a valiant shot. But when they left pit road, that race wasn't starting. Yeah, it was going to be tough. The the track, they got it. They got it. They got really close. I, I mean, they were a little. They had a little bit more to go, but it just didn't let up enough for them to really finish it off. And um, I mean, we got close, but just I think it was just too cold and too damp in the air. And then it obviously, as soon as they, you know, then it starts raining a little bit again. And it's just such a big place. It's um, really hard to really hard to get that place dry in, in a couple hours. It's so wide. Like, it's not like drying a Charlotte or something where it's, it's pretty narrow. Like Charlotte's narrow compared to yeah. Fontana. And, but they got close and the track was for Sunday. The track was when we got there in the morning was pretty much ready to go by the time we got there. So they did a great job overnight. All the track prep they did and to get it dry. Cause that place is known for having weepers really bad. And I may, during, we lined up for the, the cup race. I maybe saw one that, that, and it didn't even end up being an issue. So right with, um, with this being, I know we'll talk about it with this being the last race at this track. I heard there might've, they might've started cutting the track a little bit since they know it's not going to be used. Do, do you think that helped a little bit? I mean, I mean, it must've, yeah. whatever they did, whatever they did was, was good because the well, first thing I got it, when I got to the roof, I looked over the edge and I'm like, Oh, it's good. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. First race there was what ninety seven, is that right? Um, last race two thousand twenty three. I mean that's a hell of a run for that racetrack. It's a great racetrack. Roger Penske built it. NASCAR bought it, and now NASCAR has. We will sold if you, if you most of it. Right? Read the show sheet. Brett. I read the show sheet. Well, anyways, for this this win marks nineteen straight years. Kyle finds himself in victory lane, which also um, breaks the record for combined wins by brothers at ninety five. So huge accomplishment. I think I think there are more Kyle Busch fans in the stands than there ever have been. I I didn't hear booze. I don't know about you guys, but really cool to see Kyle get the win with RCR and especially at the last run at Fontana. What do you guys think of the race? Uh, the race was freaking awesome. I mean, anytime you're you're seeing guys five wide, we couldn't we couldn't race three wide at Daytona the week before, um, and I saw guys four and five wide on all these restarts. I insane top line was obviously prevailing off too. But I mean, you're, to to your point about Kyle, sixty one Cup wins in his career, um, definitely hasn't been hot the last few years in in terms of his wins. He got one win in twenty. 
two wins in 21, one win last year. And here he is. He goes and fires off a win. But I'm going to say this. Uh, Tyler Reddick could have easily won six to eight races last year had he not had all those left rears go flat uh, and made a couple mistakes himself. That that team was arguably the fastest team week in and week out last year. So Kyle, despite the fact that he's left a powerhouse with JGR and going to RCR, like he's getting to RCR and getting in this car at the right time. Randall and and those guys, they were lights out fast last year. They were uh, they were good at Fontana. I mean, yeah, they were, Tyler was really fast last year, a lot of places, and uh, so Kyle stepping into a a, a fairly fast car right now. Yeah. And at Fontana, I think think they were really good there last year as well. Um, so no surprise, you know, Kyle. This is what we said. Kyle's going to take it you know, to the next level basically. And he can do that stuff. So, um, yeah, good for him to, to get victory lane. I think he, what did he win last year? The dirt race? He yeah. Did. One yeah. race, one, one. And that yeah, one, he could have won a couple more. He yeah. was in position to win a couple more, uh, but, but this didn't work out. Um, but I mean, the, now the question is how many races is he going to win? Cause his last big year, I think he won five races a few years ago. Like, it's been a while since he's had a, like a, a Kyle type year. Uh, a Kyle type year, and I mean, if you're going to go out like he did in 2019 and win five races, the way to start it off is do what you did yesterday. Yeah, I mean that having speed there is going to translate to having speed at other places. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's no secret that you know that car has been fast. So we'll have to see what he does with it. Yeah, Kyle's only 37. That's still pretty young. That's pretty young for a race. Yeah, I mean, he's born in 85. So I mean, he's got at least three or four more year prime years. Yeah. At What's least. Harvick? And he could be a Harvick's 44, 45, yeah. but I mean, there's not many guys that can be great after 40. No, I mean, it's yeah. He's still got a handful of years left. Yeah. I was listening to his interview on Sirius and a few other interviews you had this weekend. And I feel like his overall tone for just after this win, especially was so much more appreciative and humble. I mean, have you noticed anything from Kyle and really, I mean, the entire team, realizing he, he went through a lot last year and, and over the past few years. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing I asked Freddie because Freddie was in my suite at the end of the race because he didn't finish the race. Um, his car was completely sandblasted, as were a lot of cars. Uh, the front of those cars were filthy as the race went on. Um, I don't know, maybe TJ can tell us why or what was going on with that. But for, I said, Freddie, how was his interview? Because I expected maybe a typical – I'm a badass Kyle Busch KFB, mm-hmm. you know, interview and it. And it appeared that he was, like you said, grateful. And, and I think that's a good thing for him. But, I mean, you live and learn. And, and maybe he got humbled last year, you know. On that, on Brett's note, what do you, uh, you hear about the dirt and early debris? I feel like that was a continued issue for both races. Uh, the cars were a lot of tear-offs. There was a lot of tear-offs um, being torn off the cars in both races. Um, just not a lot of laps there before we go green. You go green and I mean, you got to clean it off at some point, right? So, um, I mean, that's not uncommon for a high wear track. I don't think, I mean, it's just, you know, it's part of the, part of the process there. Whenever like, you know, you go to a track like there, like Darlington used to be, it's just what those tracks do. That's why I put them, them nose guards on the cars and stuff like that. So, uh, not really surprised. I don't think the track was like super, super dirty. I just think it was, I mean, it's it just normal Fontana to me. Hey, we've been telling you for years now that RacingUSA.com is Door Bumper Clear's go-to store for officially licensed NASCAR merchandise. 
Well, guys, kick the season off right. RacingUSA.com is offering our listeners a door bumper clear shot glass. We all got one last week. I actually used mine for a little bit of tequila I had laying around. Uh, it's just like the ones we use, and it's at a half price. No coupon is needed. The shot glass has already been discounted for your shopping convenience. TJ, how cool is that? Quantities are limited, so if you want to be sure you get one at half price, you need to order now. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. Every product they sell is discounted every day. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices, and your in-stock orders are shipped the very next business day. Plus, you can select from a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed die-cast apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. So whenever you want a new hat, T-shirt, die-cast, helmet, or novelty to support your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, Google's top-rated store for NASCAR merchandise. What do you guys think of those new shot glasses? Awesome. I'll put mine to use. That's what I think of it. <laughs> Brett, you want to take a shot? Of course I do. I've never said no to that, I don't think. Freddie is going to be so sad he missed that one. Well, let's head into Spot on Spot Off. Spot on Spot Off. <laughs> spot Off. Spot on. <laughs> yeah, spot on. It was super fun yesterday to ride around there. And I am spot off. Damn. Where'd he come from? Freddie, since you are on top of your game today, spot on, spot off. I'm out of notes, by the way, so this is it. I'm done. <laughs> Thankfully, we are at the final topic. Golden I don't Goosies. Already? Golden know Goosies. that we can handle it much more. I thought it was a good race. I don't think a lot of people agreed with you. This is what I, I told you we should skip spot on spot off. I absolutely told you we should skip it. Straight to DBC picks. We should just go and, Let's start one idiot right now. Yeah, let's just, I mean, what an idiot could probably be a, a 30 minute segment right now. First topic, as noted earlier, NASCAR reportedly sells around 80% of the land at Fontana, making this past weekend's race the last one on the two mile layout. Um, a few notes, it is suggested that NASCAR sold the plot of land for around $544 million. Um, That's all? The, casual, right? Uh, 433 acres of the roughly 522 acre site was reportedly sold, um, and that's 83% of the land. So as you mentioned, some of it will be used for the track. Um, what do you guys think of that? Brett? Well, I mean, if I'm a... If I'm in the selling business, I'm spot on because that's a ton of money. I mean, I don't know how you look at that. Now, half a billion dollars doesn't get you excited. And, you know, as we all know, NASCAR bought their stock back a few years ago and became more privatized. And I think they realized when you look at what they did in Daytona, they developed a retail footprint across from the racetrack. And they've got several hotels there. They've got a first watch there. And I think they realize that with a lot of these tracks, just like Joliet, um, that they're sitting on a lot of land that's worth a lot of money in today's world with these companies like Amazon and whatnot out here, you know, buying and building these million plus square foot warehouses. So uh, I, I would say when I went to Fontana for the first time in 99, I thought it was a hole like the area. And I was like, why would you build anything around all these closed down, um, basically condemned steel mills? And now everything around there is commercial. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got big warehouses like New Balance right across the street, but then nowhere from there, you've got, you know, brand new retail stuff popping up. And obviously Ontario Mills Mall's there, uh, 
say what you want about malls. I personally think malls are dying, but there's still a lot of cool, fun retail shops, restaurants. I mean, I met Freddie uh, last night for a drink before I left at a Lazy Dog, cool restaurant. Like, so obviously that area is is booming, and and for to to hear that it's worth half a bill, I mean that's. That's a lot of money. So I, I don't blame NASCAR at all for doing what they're doing on the financial side. But I'm going to tell you something. That's one of the best racetracks in America. And it's a true shame for us to lose it as fans and as industry people. And and, and I remember going out there and not loving that place at all. And, and all of a sudden, once it got some age on it, man, it became one of my favorites to, to go race at and watch races at. You watch those guys work the seams. I mean, it, it's it's a Darlington-style racetrack. The, the, the tires fall off and, and – it seems like only good race car drivers win there. You don't you don't really back into wins at a place like Fontana. So I'm heartbroken that it's no longer going to be a thing. And uh, it, it's unfortunate. I'm telling you, man, there were a lot of people there yesterday. I don't know what the stands look like on TV, but driving a golf cart around, walking around, it was freaking slammed. It was busy. And I think that it's a, it's a true shame that we're losing this racetrack. I mean, like if you – I don't know. Like I, I don't know how you – can look at yourself in the mirror if you're if you're making these decisions and say it's a good idea to sell this i get the money side of it i'm not i'm not discounting that but like from what we put on the track there tj i mean to me it's a 10 out of 10 yeah it's a great racetrack as far as lines and it's got character uh it's just the tire wear if you stay if you run five laps and the caution comes out do you pit someone in the back's pitting and, and coming up through there. So it makes it, you got comers and goers there a lot. Um, it, it just, the track creates a lot of natural cautions, like just guys getting into each other, getting into the fence, um, spinning out, lot, lots of things um, like that. So I, I really like that track. And it's, you can really see the guys, you got guys that'll roll the middle, they get the cars running really good. Then you guys, the guys that can run the wall really well, and that comes into play. Three or four, they'll clip the apron. I mean, just it's yeah, all the you things. Drive, you, but we didn't used to go under the apron there. Then probably in the mid 2000s or something, yeah. late 2000s, maybe 07, 08 ish, we started running the apron in three and four. No, no one would go down there before that. And then all of a sudden, we're on the apron. So, it, it, I mean, it's restarts are wild. You can get three, four, or five wide sometimes. Somebody gets held up by somebody. There's there's a lot of um, technique involved in passing and, and, um, and things like that. So going to miss that place. Great scenery around there. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed. I, I'll never forget. I went the first few years. I didn't even know there were mountains back there because of the, oh, yeah. the smog and fog and whatnot. All of a sudden it's like, wait, there's mountains back yeah. there. And this week they were obviously covered in snow and yeah. just completely gorgeous. But if there wasn't a cloud cover them, I mean, they were, you could see them really well. Yeah. Do we know how much NASCAR paid for it from Roger Penske? I don't know because, I mean, back then Roger was private, you know, and yeah. didn't have to disclose. I'm sure I'm sure somewhere there's a, you know, I'm sure Bob Pockers knows how much he paid for it. I bet they made five to one on their money. Probably a little bit more. You know? I would say. But you, you took at what Roger Penske did. I mean, he built Michigan in the middle of Brooklyn, Michigan, which is kind of middle of nowhere. It's definitely the middle of and nowhere. And then he built the sister track to it, Fontana, which at the time was kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I'm telling you, man, this place was a dump. And and you were like, there's this pretty racetrack built right here in the middle of all this dump. And and now it's that's not the case, man. It's a lot going on around there. It's pretty. It's a busy I, area. I, I, I could never live in California, um, but the people out there are super nice. Like, yeah, I mean, I like every, everywhere I went, you have just yeah. nice people. I like the area. 
There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot there. I can't afford a taxes, but cool, cool state. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spot on, spot off. Joey Logano blames a bigger restart zone as the culprit of the lap 87 restart crash that took out several cars in that race. TJ. Um, I mean, where were you at in the middle of all this? Uh, we had fortunately just gotten spun out not too long before that. Blaney um, hit you. Who hit you? Uh, Corey LaJoy. Oh, LaJoy hit you. Yeah. LaJoy, LaJoy had a good run, but he wrecked a lot of people yesterday. Yeah, he ran into us off of turn two and spun yeah. us out. But, yeah. um, I mean, he's right. I went back and looked and there's no break. His speed picks up when he goes and he goes just, I don't think it's a bigger restart zone. I think that helps to it, but we did this stuff. Even in the regular restart zone, guys get antsy, start going. All it takes is for one guy to go a little bit and then slow down, and everyone behind him is jamming up. Yeah. So it doesn't, and that's not on that's not on Joey at that point. That's on everyone. It's on everyone else trying to get a good start. It, it, I mean, I mean, we've seen him pile up at at the old Phoenix, and that was a small restart zone. When when the front stretch is the the back stretch, we've had pile ups there. We've had um, we've had pile ups at all like a lot of the tracks. Just. All depends. It takes one person. Why do you think they made a restart zone bigger? Because it just it it gives the leader a little bit more of an advantage to when he can go. So it, it gives him a little bit more gives him just gives him more time to to make the decision on what he wants. And it's a guessing game for the second place guy because with the restart zones the way they've had it, it's not a really big restart zone. So you can roll up there as a second place car and and kind of and get a, a good restart because it, it, the the later the leader gets into the restart zone, the smaller the, the area he's going to go in, so it gets even easier. So, if there's more area there, it just gives him more of a more of an edge, and and um, it, I mean, it could be half the size, twice the size. They're still going to roll up to that box. Everyone's getting ready to race. I mean, they're ready to go. So, it just takes one guy to go a little bit, and they have to stop, and then they all do that. So, I don't, I, I didn't see Joey do anything wrong. Yeah, it can happen anywhere. I mean, I've seen it happen at Watkins Glen. It, it don't matter if. If the guy, I mean, I, I, to your point, and I told somebody the story this weekend, I remember at Phoenix when the start finish line was flip flopped and it was on what is mm-hmm. now the back stretch. I remember saying, because we could hear each other talk because we weren't near the cars where we're typically we're yeah. close to the restart zone of Phoenix, we're not. I am saying, check up, check up, check up. And I hear the spotter beside of me going, green, 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 green. And I'm like, uh. Who was it? That ain't going to work too good. And that dude literally knocked the hood off of his car. Um, so you also, it, it, it's a lot. I mean, last year, prime example, man, I was yelling at Haley to check up. And, and he ended up knocking the out of somebody in front of him. He was like, well, you should have told me to stop. So, I mean, it, it, it does, it is spotter driver communication can play into when you see a wreck like that happening in it. And listen, I'm not insinuating anything here, but there's a lot, there's some new blood 
on the spotter stand. There's some new guys up there in competitive situations that typically weren't, you know, and, and they'll learn, but it's early in the year and, you know, you, you got to work on your communication, but you can't be saying go when the leader hasn't gone yet. Yeah, that's going to create, even if the driver just goes a tiny bit and then stops, everyone behind him. Everybody, yeah. The third or fourth car in that line. Yeah. But to your point, depending on where you are located and how easily you can see when that first car is going, how do you know when to say green or check up? When you see him take off. When you see the leader take off. You're (laughs) you're watching the lead. I mean, depending upon where you are in the line, um, a lot of times, Casey, you can almost listen for the leader to go. Like, let's say you're 20th in line on the bottom, right? You can't really watch the leader because right. 10th place on back in your row could have a problem. And now you're not going to see it if you're solely watching the leader. I remember watching guys watch the flag and I would watch the flag for the initial start in the event that I'm close to the front. But if I'm not close to the front, you can't watch the flag. You can't you can't watch the leader. You got to watch where you're at. You just got to be able to use your peripheral vision and. And and some common sense, but no, I uh, I'll never forget that guy. Green, green, green. I'm going check up, check up, check up. Pow! Like, Is he still spawning? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yep. He was doing a JRM car back then. He KO'd it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he learned. Hopefully. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Back on the topic of Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott said post-race that anybody who is surprised that Kyle won should rethink their NASCAR knowledge. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a surprise Kyle Busch won. You know, I think it's a surprise he won this early. Um, but like I said, I mean, that car has been lights out fast last year and, uh, I, I, I can see him having a five win season. I, I, I really can. And, and I think it's because again, I'm not giving I'm not saying that because Kyle Busch, I think in today's world, um, the driver probably matters a little bit less than he used to. I think the cars have more parity. People obviously have more access to the same things. Um, is track house above where I thought they'd be yet again this year, 100%. I mean, they, they came out fast last year, winning races and multiple styles of racetracks. Here they are yesterday. Ross is leading. Daniel Suarez is running fourth. And, and if if Daniel wasn't running fourth, you'd be like, well, you know, Ross's team's hit on something. No, obviously, Trackhouse has, has fast cars right now. Pretty obvious Chevrolet overall was fast yesterday. Uh, so, I mean, I, I mean, to Chase's point, I'm not sure why he's defending Kyle Busch. But I, it's it's no surprise he won a race. I'm surprised he won this early, though. And you, then you remind yourself how freaking good that team is. And it's like, dude, they may set the world on fire. Like, this may be a championship run, you know, contending team 
And it's early in the season to say that. A lot of racing to be left, but certainly looks that way. He's already locked in the playoffs, so I guess he's off to a great start. Yep. TJ, spot on, spot off. Oh, he's right. Spot on. I mean, I don't know. Kyle got into a fast car. Kyle's been known to be fast. I mean, that's not, not really a, it's not a surprise to me or probably you or anybody that, um, you know, Kyle's going to be probably pretty successful in that car. Chip on the shoulder. A mm-hmm. little bit pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Something to prove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TJ, apparently you spun Sheldon Creed in a fifth place run with Josh Berry at Auto Club. Spot yeah. on, spot off. What did you do that for? Ah, uh, throttle <laughs> hung. I <don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's hard to tell where, what they're doing on the backstretch there, but you can tell when your car's got to run on the other guy and you start. I mean, if he goes to make a move, the track's too wide to. The track's too wide to throw these huge blocks. Like, it's not even... And we were 45 laps into a race of, of a... What was the Xfinity race? 150? 100, yeah. Like, you're, 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 there's so much more racing to do. And, like, why are we throwing blocks like that? And Because and, um, they come out of the truck series. That's why. Yeah, I guess. The truck series they think is cool. All that side drafting and all that blocking and all that driving like they're on I racing. It, that's it, what the truck it, series is. Listen, this isn't like a like a Charlotte bash, just like we talked about a minute. Like it's it's narrow at Charlotte. I mean, you you got to cover a couple lanes there. And you, Fontana, you can't cover Fontana. No, you can't cover Fontana. And if a guy's got to run, he's going to get there. It doesn't make sense to block. You know how to you know how to stop that run from happening. Don't get jammed up and get the guy get a, let the guy get a run on you. So I'm not sure. At some point, you know, the drivers make the call whenever they're making a move on if they're going to cut the guy break or they're going to let him spin himself out. Yeah. And Josh decided to, you know, look, you're not going to block like you're not going to block right here. And, uh, Sheldon got spun. So, um, spot on. I probably would have done the same thing. If I'm passing, if I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to pass me and I'm trying to block on them lanes and you're there. Are you going to, you're probably going to spin me out. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't set the tone there, that's every time he gets a run on him now, it's going to, that, that guy's going to think he can continue to make them blocks and keep doing that to him. So, um, it's just not, it's just not worth it at that point in, in my opinion. So not smart. No, there's so much racing left and it's who's to even say we even clear him before the corner, you know, he might get on our right door and, and races down to the corner and clear us on the exit. Guess we'll never know. Yeah. Well, that's part of what makes Fontana great though. It is. Or was what well, part of my yeah. great. It yep. is. It is no more. I mean, the thing is like, depending on who you talk to out there, what article you read in the newspaper, you don't even know if there's going to be a racetrack built back out there. Yeah. I mean, you hear the rumors and you see the papers and it's like, is there a- Well, they kept some land, so you'd think they'd use it for something. But here's the thing, like, I mean, when you look at Irwindale, I was told Irwindale is like 60 plus acres. Well, it only seats 10,000 people or whatever seats. Like, it ain't. It ain't a cup race. I mean, what's our smallest facility seat? Probably, well, it'll be North Wilkesboro this year, yeah. but outside of North Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro is going to see like 25,000. Martinsville? But typically, I mean, our places are 60,000 plus. So how are you going to have a facility that's 90 acres that's going to have a racetrack on it with the infrastructure that's required, i.e. bathrooms, places to buy food, um, and then also have enough places to park? Yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> the question. So I, I don't know. Obviously, they've been talking about doing this for a while. See what happens. I'm interested in seeing because you obviously keep some of it for some reason. For some reason, so. I just I I mean, 
in theory, like why not just sell the whole piece of property and start over somewhere where there is a Irwindale or Bakersfield or somewhere. I mean, yeah. there's so many people in California. Like it's insane. You'll you'll drive through this town you've never heard of, and it'll be like population three hundred thousand. It's like what? There's just so many people out there in clusters. So we know obviously they're not. They won't be back for twenty twenty four. I mean, have you heard no anything chance. about yeah. what will replace it? Uh, I mean, I, I think, and this is just me talking out loud. Like if you look at the politics of California, obviously it's a very complicated state. You can't do anything easily out there. And, and, and it's no secret that they have to deal with drought situations and all the things that they deal with there. So if you're NASCAR and you've got this property and it's already approved to have a track, like how complicated is it to knock it all down and rebuild it? Will NASCAR, will, will California let you do that? I don't, I don't know. Cause California's complicated. They said, uh, 35,000 at Watkins Glen capacity. But you there's 35,000 people in that infield. Yeah. The, then you got all the, the um, campers and, and stuff up against the track. So there's yeah. way more. All way more than 35,000 people there. And, and, and Watkins Glen is a massive property. Yeah. Well, it's huge. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is what it is. Look, you offer me 500 something million for something, I'm going to take it too. I don't blame them. Just sucks for the fans. I think they'll probably replace it with something good. I, I'd probably imagine on the West Coast still too, since there's. It's pretty limited out there, and they clearly did well. They sold out their crowd yesterday, or yesterday, right, Andrew? So yeah, I'm telling you, that place was packed. I don't know if it was a close there was sellout, a lot of people there, but yeah. it was a lot of people there. Getting to the roof was a challenge because yeah. there were so many people. And, there. and I also saw the most diversity amongst our fan base I've ever seen in that crowd too. I like, heard Daniel Suarez's appearance was, I mean, around the block. I, I, I saw a ton of diversity, and I was excited about that. And oh, it just broke my heart to know we weren't coming back there, but. They don't matter by my heart. Great last run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into reaction theater. Yeah, this is Andrew. I am the Brett Griffin Fan Club president of the Indiana chapter. Finally, yes! Way to go, Josh! Way to go! The data tells me that Bubba still sucks. Freddie, you can't see I just want to say, I'm not drunk. My great-grandma outrun him, and she's 90 Reaction Theater rolls in three, two, one. What is it about RCR era Kyle Busch that is just so much more likable? I don't know why, but I like watching him a lot more. Fair. <laughs> I mean, he's got a chip on his shoulder, so. I think you're, you're going to think this is crazy, but him going back to Chevrolet helps his brand. Um, he's back to where he started and. Chevrolet has a huge following, and I think it helps his brand to be back there. I think it gets some of the haters off of his back to to go back to Chevrolet. I really do. You knew when Kyle was being introduced at intros by his booze, like when you're at the track. Yeah. This time, did not hear it. Yeah. But and he loves it and instigated all that, too. And, and, and he's really not doing that right now, you know? He did his little cute bow after he won, you know, a couple bows. Like that it was, was cool. more subtle than it used it, to it be, was, though. It was, it was different, right? So maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's getting wiser at his old age. I like it. What is NASCAR thinking? Why did it think penalize the leaders for brake checking the whole entire line on lap 87 and causing a 10 to 15 car wreck? They should have black flagged those two leaders, made them go to the back of the line, and restart from the bat. TJ looked at the data. Uh, TJ, he, he didn't slow down. So, but 
as much as I would love to grill him here for doing something, he didn't. So, I mean, he just rolled up there and everyone got antsy behind him and they had a pile. And they piled up in each other. They had a wreck. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, boys, Kyle Busch, circa 2018, proved that when Kyle Busch gets pissed off, told he can't do it, told what he should do, he'll go out and prove y'all wrong. Not going to lie, second race of the year, it's my pick to win. I just know that when this man gets hungry and mad, he's a threat every week. I mean, he, <laughs> he was still a threat before. I mean, you, Kyle, you can never sleep. Even even last year, you, there were any point, any point you could, you know, Kyle, you, any, he was still a factor. My two favorite drivers in my career to watch on restarts are one guy that might surprise you. He's older. He's retired. Truck series, badass. Ron Hornaday. I was going to say Hornaday. I loved watching Hornaday on restarts. My second favorite guy to watch on restarts, Kyle Busch. He's a guy that you have to feel like is going to get you some positions. And, you know, having worked with a lot of drivers and watched a lot of drivers race, there are guys that you literally coming out of restarts, you're like, man, I just want a net zero gain right here. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to restart sixth and come out of this thing sixth. And with Kyle, when you restart sixth, you you literally can almost expect he's going to come out fourth, maybe even better. I, I would be hard fought to argue that over the course of the year, Kyle Busch on restarts net gains more than anybody else. But I'm going to tell you another guy that's aggressive that's getting it done right now in today's world is Ross Chastain. He, he, the last year, year and a half, he's one of those guys on restarts. He's an animal and he's going to get some. And, and if you're not an animal and you can't net gain on restarts, you're not going to win these races the way these the things are playing out these days. It ain't going to happen. All right. Well, to leave an audio message 24-7, don't forget to go to anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones each week on the show. It is time for the Ask DBC question of the week. Send in your, <laughs> send in your questions on Twitter using hashtag AskDBC. We'll pick out the best ones each week. This first one is from Andrew DeRosa1. What's the coldest weather you've ever spotted in? And do you prefer the cold or the heat better? I stood beside TJ in my coldest weather. You remember that one? Where were we? We had sleet hitting us oh, in the Bristol. face. Atlanta? Bristol. Bristol. Oh. Sleet was literally hitting. I had to put glasses on because the wind was blowing the sleet into my face so oh, hard yeah. that my eyes were watering and I couldn't see the spot. Yeah. So even though it, the sun wasn't out, I put sunglasses on and teach it. I look at each other like, what the what the hell are we doing yeah, out here? That wasn't that long ago. No. Wasn't, four or five years wasn't ago. there a year that Atlanta got postponed because of snow? Atlanta too? was cold. I, so the first yeah. time I ever went to Atlanta was in 19... No, not the first time I ever went. The coldest I ever saw in Atlanta, I went in 1997. I was a senior in college. And we camped in the infield between turns three and four. And I think Jeff Bodine or Robbie Gordon sat on a pole at like 197 miles an hour, like something crazy because it was so cold when they went yeah. out and it snowed that weekend. And oh my God, it was freezing cold. But as a competitor, that day in Bristol was probably the coldest I've ever been. I got to go with probably Texas. It was really cold a few years ago, uh, a handful of years ago at Texas at a, a truck race. And oh, that's why I, I wouldn't know it about that. It was so cold. <laughs> um, it, actually, we had a Texas race not too long ago. Texas can be cold because it's windy. Yeah. Freezing. Texas is, yeah. Texas, Martinsville, Bristol. I've had some really cold races there. And I would uh, much rather, I'd much rather spot in heat than I would cold. I, I don't know. <laughs> Once you get cold, there's no coming back. Man, I don't know, man. 
sometimes it's a hundred degrees up there. Whew. I don't know. I, I'd much rather hide from hide from you know the heat or whatever. We had a uh, we had an event in Rockingham, obviously a long time ago, and it was so windy that it blew the paratroopers that came oh, in yeah. outside of the racetrack. That was a brutally cold day too. I mean, that was a it's forty degrees with forty mile an hour winds. That was brutal, but. Bristol sleet in the face takes the cake. This next one is from Mucky Guy. I heard a lot of teams had trouble accessing their SMT data this weekend. Do you know what the issue was and does it happen often? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the issue was and I don't know. I also don't know what the, uh, you know, doesn't, if it, I don't think it happens often, but we don't use it during the races and stuff. I mean, we don't, so we wouldn't really hear. Um, sometimes you might hear a comment like we don't have anything, we can't see anything right now, but we don't really, um, it doesn't really affect us spotting um, immediately. So uh, I, I don't know what the issue was. Um, I think there was some issues in Daytona as well. There were, from what I heard, there was some issues then. So um, I don't know though. Maybe fans are getting the Wi-Fi passwords off those Maybe. dash cams. What w- <laughs> what would teams do when in that situation? There's probably anything uh, they could uh, adjust. No. I hate SMT data. I Why? hate it. It's even a thing. Because to me, you're giving away the intellectual property of a driver to another driver. Like, why should I be able to look at TJ's throttle and steering response and braking? And I... I I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of SMT data. Never have been. Like, never never was, never will be. I feel like I'm getting to see what makes Kyle Busch special. Now I can go copy it. You know what I mean? Like, when, when road courses, like Martinsville, just, I'm not a fan of it. I and was, also think, to some degree, Casey, it messes up some of these young guys because now they've got their crew chief telling them how to drive. They've got their spotter telling them how to drive. Now they're questioning themselves on can they actually drive? Can they get it done? Like I would not want to be a rookie or second year guy in this series with a former cup driver or former Xfinity series driver spotting for me, telling me how to drive with all this data. Like just let me go out there and do my thing. And, and I mean, TJ knows it just as well as I do. I mean, there are guys up there in the middle of the race that have this SMT data pulled out. I was never one of those guys. I trusted my eyeballs, um, but I, I'm not a fan of it. I never have been, though. I've said that from day one on here. It's cool to go back and look at it. Like after? Yeah. I mean, it's cool to go back and be able to see all that, but I don't, I don't know. Ain't my thing. It is time for What an Idiot. What an idiot, man. Brett, who is your one idiot pick this week? Well, I'm sitting here looking at Jeff Gluck's poll, and it says, was Fontana a good race? And 91% of the people said yes. Mm. So my That's what an idiot. That's very high. My what an idiot is the 9% of people that said no. If you clicked no, that Fontana was not a good race, you need to go watch ice skating or bowling or underwater basket weaving or there's got to be something on television that would be better use of your time because if you didn't enjoy Fontana you should not call yourself a race fan yeah I don't know how you don't like that race just it's got everything passing natural crashes uh super competitive lanes to pick from to race um 
got a little bit of everything. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how you dislike that. You know, I, I man, I'm going to go with, um, the seven cup car this week. <laughs> Sorry, Corey, but you hit a lot of stuff yesterday. I don't think the AJ wreck was Corey's fault. I think no, that I was, think it was, that yeah. was more, I think Blaney might've been on his outside. Yeah. That definitely things got squeezed there a little bit. So. Yeah. I mean, he was up there. He was in the top 10 for quite a bit of the race. So props mm-hmm. to him. And I think he finished like 13th or so. The part that sucks Solid about it. finish. Yeah, is absolutely. When we got spun out, the thing stalled. We couldn't get it refired. So we lose a lap and then we run just long enough to lap a couple cars. So we couldn't get to Lucky Dog. It took us like three or four cautions to get to Lucky Dog. Yeah. Because we kept running just long enough to, to get the next car. And then it would cycle again. That same guy would get to Lucky Dog again because the leader got to him. So. Yeah. DBC picks. Man, who won last week? TJ. Wow. Second win of the year with Alex Bowman finishing eighth. Eric Almirola finished 35th after being caught up uh, in that last restart crash. So. I swung for the fence with Larson. He went behind the wall right off the Early. bat. Yeah, and then he came back out and made some laps and hate, hated to see that from a picks. Uh, I Bo- have Freddie's pick, by the way. Bowman finished eighth. Yep. He was he was up there leading for a while. I thought you had a guy that might win a race for you. It's one of his better was one of his you better. You got tracks. Freddie's pick. Freddie picks what next to last? Yeah, I pick first, and I'll pick Bowman. Where are we going? Vegas. Vegas. Brett, who's your? You're pick? picking Bowman. I am. Well, the last winner at Vegas was Joy Logano. Uh, year before that was Alex Bowman, which you just picked. Year before that was Denny Hamlin. So I guess. I'm just going to swing for the switch. I don't know. How would Logano run yesterday? He was fast. He was top five all day, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, he brushed. He got in the fence late, but he was, uh, yeah, he was up there. I mean, yeah. he was top five all day. Harvick was fast, but Harvick didn't, he, he was fast late in the runs, right? Yeah. He was similar to us. We were, we were probably right there with him. Yeah. I'll go Logano. Freddie takes Ross Chastain. Look at him go. Who's up? Casey? DJ, you're up. Don't I go last? Or who'd you pick? You pick my one. Yeah. Oh, uh, I will take, um, I think this guy's due for a cup win there. And he's had some pretty rough luck. And so I am going to go with Ryan Blaney. There you go. Everybody's swinging big. Vegas is so fun. Like this is a good little, looks good little stretch, West Coast swing. You know? The Dirty Mo Experience, this is this weekend. So I, I, I would highly recommend sticking to Dirty Mo Media social handles for updates on yeah, everything this is, this y'all get into. Be it is going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm, uh, when do you go out there? Mm, Thursday or Friday? I Probably. think Friday. Really? Yeah, I yeah. don't think, think trucks are on track first Friday afternoon. Yeah. So. I go Thursday on purpose. Mm. When are you guys going? <laughs> Saturday. One day? That's stupid. Like 36 hours. All right, uh, we're going to Spearman Rhino Saturday night. It's a shoe show. I'm going to tell you what, it's an expensive shoe show, too. <laughs> Last time I paid a check there, I was like, I'm never coming back here. Well, that was a lot. I'm going to drop y'all off and send y'all in there. Are you going to pay their tab? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> can you expense that? Well, we'll yeah, they yeah, can I expense it. Put in anything on a credit card. Spearmint Rhino? <laughs> Tips? <laughs> oh, have you been to the Rhino? Uh, I have not mm. been there. Have you been to any strip clubs in Vegas? Not in Vegas. No. Which which town have you been to a strip club in? Uh, don't act like you don't know. A few, actually. Oh, well. I don't know if I should be trying to. a veteran over here. This, <laughs> was a, this is a long time ago. This not was pre Chloe. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on scores. 
<laughs> um, Jeez. Anyways, what else can fans expect on track at Vegas? TJ? Uh, Vegas is a great racetrack. It's another track with some character. It's got some bumps. Hopefully, it's the weather looks a little cool, I think. It does look cool, man. I was looking at that. It's going to be like 53 yeah. or something. So, um, it's usually windy there, which there in It's Kansas. 45 in Las Vegas right now. Yeah, but it's also... Oh, it's warming up. Sunday is now bikini weather, 66. Oh, yeah. That is not bikini weather. It is to me. I think uh, it, it's just a good So you'll be track. wearing a bikini? No. We've had, some good, we've had some excitement there, though, too. So Yeah. Um, multiple lanes. Got some bumps to work with in one and two. Uh, wind usually is a factor at some point. It does get windy. Um, yeah, it's a good, I mean, it's, it's usually a good race. Yeah. I hope the Thunderbirds doing a flyover again. Cause we're there. Oh my gosh. Hopefully they go up a little higher. <laughs> that was insane. But no, Vegas will be fun, man. If you, yeah. uh, and that's the thing about Fontana. It's one of my favorite tracks. It's, it's up there. Yeah. That's it's the thing about race. Fontana for me. Like I, I would never as a race fan be like, Oh my God, you got to go to Fontana. But I, because of it's Fontana, right? Yeah. You need to go for the race, but not, it ain't a destination market. Vegas people, I would love to know how many people from Vegas actually go to the racetrack. Because mm. I bet it's not that many. No. No. I think that whole I, uh, and they they usually sell that place out. We looked at this demographic wise for I don't know, Brett, you probably do the same thing when when it comes to the sponsorship. And I think demographics show that more people are tourists and travel to Vegas from other locations than they do living in Vegas, which yeah. is actually pretty cool. So when we did the Dirty Mo Media Experience last year uh, and we sold it out, not one person that came to the Dirty Mo Experience was from the state of Nevada. Everybody was from all over the place. And same thing, like you said, for when we do events. I mean, it's... it's which, helps, which helps from a sponsor standpoint because, yeah. I mean, look at somebody like Xfinity. They're not nationwide. They have certain markets that they you can be a customer in. So looking at Vegas or somewhere else where you see people coming from, I mean, there are people that came from other parts of the world. Yeah. That is when you look at the sponsorship, that is what you want. Yeah. Well, really you can cool. get to Vegas and you can Easy. get rooms in Vegas and you can get good restaurants in Vegas. Like, and you're not in the middle of nowhere. And, and I mean, like, yeah, it's not like when you get to Indy and you're like, Oh, let's go eat at St. Elmo's. And I was like, no, there's no reservations. When you get to Vegas, there's a million percent, yeah. a great restaurant that you're going to be able to get into, whether it's a local place uh, or it's, it's a place on the strip or it's a place off the strip. Like my favorite place to eat. I don't want to screw this up. Um, mm. You're going to give it away and there'll be, won't, there won't be any uh, reservations left. It's an old school steakhouse in Vegas. Golden Steer, I think is the name uh, of it. Uh, dude, it's like mob. Like it, you feel like you're in the 50s when you walk in this oh, place. Really? Yeah. Mm. Herm's favorite place to go is the steakhouse, yeah. which is in Circus Circus. I've never ate there. Um, STK and Cosmo is awesome. There's just so many good places to eat there. The even the track itself, that garage is one of a kind. The neon garage, really cool. I mean, it gives you gets you as close as you possibly can get to some of those cars. Yeah, and they've got the Rockettes in there yep. and they've got good music in there. Like Lots it's, of entertainment. That was the first cool fan zone to exist in our sport. I mean that that was a game changer when Bruton and, and those guys built that place. Golden Steer Steakhouse, Las Vegas. That's it. Seventeen hundred reviews on Yelp. That's, That's a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's not, it's not a tourist place though. It's like a, I mean, I'm not saying tourists don't go there, but it's like yeah. a local place. But when I text my buddy Dave Erie out there and I was like, I was passing through and I was like, Hey man, we're passing through Vegas. 
I don't know somewhere to jump off interstate and eat this good. He's like, go here. Once I went there, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going here every time I come. Like it's just because it's a cool feeling, you know. Fun town. My How much money are you taking? To where? Vegas. He doesn't, he doesn't no, I'm, not, I'm not taking any extra money. Why? Nope. I've donated enough for them machines out there. <laughs> you taking your Xbox? No. Just going to sleep. Do you going to be in a mood all week or just today? Uh, probably most of the week. <laughs> I know. I feel like this is like the quickest I'm, show. I'm There's nothing to talk about. I'm tired. <laughs> they I'm don't feel like talking. Well, my flight was supposed to leave at like one in the morning Eastern. I was taking a red out home and it ended up leaving like four in the morning Eastern. But then the whole plane was NASCAR people. I mean, we flew out of Ontario straight back to Charlotte, which is cool. You got a direct flight in and out of there. Didn't have to go into the craziness of LAX, but it was literally the whole plane. They were like group one and 75 people in are in group one and they're all NASCAR people. That's the worst when you have status and everybody else has just as much status. Uh, I'm like, how are all these people group one? Never get upgraded. You don't? No, because whenever I travel, it's all NASCAR people. So they all have more just status. Just buy first class to start with. I can't expense that. You don't have to. I don't have the budget that you have. <laughs> can't all be rich. You can buy first class tickets when you want to. Sometimes it's like 140 bucks difference. Compared to you're already spending like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Fly, fly, fly it is ridiculous. The most to expensive fly right plane now. ticket I bought recently, and this was in the back of the airplane. This was in coach. I flew from here to Calgary, which I was informed when I landed this Calgary. That's how you say it, Canada. My plane ticket was over two grand. I I was in Phoenix for Natalie. You know Natalie. Yeah. Her wedding this weekend. She married Paul Silva, um, Larson's crew chief from the dirt side, and. I mean, I spent so much money on that ticket. I was like, eight hundred bucks. I think more. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. It is so, ridiculous. Well, shout out to them for getting married. Really cool wedding, but uh, yeah, I, Where, I won't be traveling anytime soon. Married in uh, Paradise Valley, like we stayed in Scottsdale, like right by the W. Awesome. So cool. that's a fun area. Oh, it was awesome. It yeah. was cold. It was colder there than it was here. It's insane. So I don't know what's going on on the West Coast right now, but all right, we're looking forward to Dirty Money Experience. Looking forward to. Jason, Ben blowing motors. Mm. Jason's, like, no. Jason's like, no. <laughs> Ben's like, yes. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to comment, like, share, check out all the updates from Vegas, and be sure to send videos and pictures of Jason and Ben on this trip if you see them out. Yes. They probably can use um, some donations to... Mike gave money last year. <laughs> Did not give them money. <laughs> I thought he gave you a hundred bucks each to gamble on. Not uh, this year. TJ will give you a hundred bucks. I think you should give him a hundred. I gave. I've got. How many times I gave Jason a hundred bucks? I think you should do it again. I might. I don't know how much money I got, Jason. I got to figure out first. We'll see. All for Spearmint Rhino. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Have a great week. We out. See ya. Holla. Hey guys, there's a new episode of the Dale Junior Download out this week. Be sure to check it out on all podcast platforms. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Tell them what you want. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Tell them what you want.